This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You know, it's been said that success comes to those who wait. Belief started in the fourth grade. I believe that it's earned with the right attitude. And I had this nagging feeling. A great belief system. I was capable of so much more. An action every single day. In all the pursuits that we have in our lives, I think there's an element of suffering. When you mix that in with faith, courage, discipline, and most importantly, a vision. Never give up on yourself. That's when greatness happens. The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today we've got Matt Johnson. Matt, what's going on, my man? How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, man, I know you're doing some great things with On Target Living, and uh, but why don't you fill our listeners in, Matt, for maybe the, the those of uh, our listeners that don't know who Matt Johnson is, what's made you the man you are today? Well, Brett, you know, thanks for having me. Uh, the man I am today, I think, uh, goes to a lot of people, a lot of things, um, born and raised in Michigan run on target living which is a health and performance company my father started um, almost 12 years ago and you know the biggest thing is um, you know I've, I just did a little speech to my uh, school that I went to college and I said you know you gotta accept failure so I think the man that I am today is because of all the failures that I accepted and it took me a while to accept those failures but that's kind of what morphed me into who I am is all these little failures that lead to the success that I have today. Yeah, I like that. We I've been doing it lately with my boys. Uh, as I told you, I got four kids and I've, I've been asking, I read this somewhere. I can't remember who it was, but somebody's parents used to ask them, what'd you fail at today? And mm. so I'm trying to get that into my kids' minds that it's okay to fail, but you just got to learn from it, right? Yeah. Failure breeds success. And I think if you don't accept failure, you limit your potential. And again, it took me a long time to accept that. None none of us want to fail or fall on our face or look goofy or get embarrassed, but those are the ways that we really can stretch ourselves and reach our true potential. All right, man. So here's my question we're going to start with. Um, Everybody wants to break through the comfort zone, right? So we'll just dive right in today. And for our listeners, what, what advice do you have for people that are and when I say stuck, that doesn't mean they're not successful, right? They're, they're, they're busy, they're successful doing what, they, what it is they do. But to get to that next level, how do they get out of their comfort zone? Well, you got you to gotta say, well, what do you want? And I think a lot of people think that um, just being okay with being okay is what they want. But I, I think when you step back and say, what do I really want? What, do I, what am I missing? What am I really stretching for that allows you to open your mind and then to get outside of your comfort zone i think it's doing little things you know i was in whistler canada last week and i was talking to my wife about bungee jumping i don't think that's what you want to think about those big scary uh getting outside your comfort zone how do you really just stretch it a little bit and that's um behavior change 101 is small steps and thinking every single day what are you doing to stretch yourself to push yourself to get outside your comfort zone maybe it's not that big scary scary thing or phobia that you have maybe it's just maybe making an f- extra phone call or reaching out to somebody that you don't think's going to call you back that could be the little stuff that pushes you out of your comfort zone so that you can keep stretching and that's you know, I think that will lead to our conversation today is I think many people are kind of at their their maximum capacity. And what my message is on that is, you know, you're kind of at the the end of your your current zone. How do you make it bigger? 
Yeah, and I think that you're you're exactly spot on. I mean, it is the capacity and and you know, no no shameless plug here, but your book capacity that you wrote with your dad, uh, phenomenal book. And I read that thing cover to cover and I got a ton from it. But when you think about that, you talk about what eat, move, rest. And so when you think about those three things, how can we as busy, successful entrepreneurs or stay-at-home moms or dads, business leaders, whatever it may be, how do we focus on those three things to be at our best? So how do we start with eating? Because I know for me today, I went with a couple buddies. We went to lunch. We go to a Mexican joint and it's like, you know, I'm trying to eat as healthy as possible, but it's hard, right? It's, so it's, so how do we do that? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, again, I'd back up and I'd say... Uh, talking about success, talking about running a business organization, maybe you're an entrepreneur. Um, your most valuable asset is you. And if you back up and say, what's the most valuable asset of yourself or a person, it's their health. And so that's the foundation that we talk about when we're talking about expanding capacity. And like you said, it's, it's rest, eat, move. And you said, eat, move, rest. And, and I'm only correcting you because we struggled for a long time with eat, rest, move. And then we kept coming back and saying, well, what's the most neglected and the number one priority when it comes to your foundation and it's rest. So the three pillars are rest, eat, move. And the number one uh, neglected area of somebody's health is rest right now. We're sleeping Mm -hmm. less than seven hours a a night for the first time ever. We have less white space in our life, meaning the space that makes us happy and humans. We're stressed out. All these things lead to this issue with rest. We hear this message that you have to hustle and work hard and uh, you know, wake up at 3 a.m. And all those things are the wrong message for what true success is. So the first pillar is rest, how you sleep, how you rest, how you rejuvenate. The second pillar right, so is let's eating. talk about that for a second though. So let's dive into that because I'm guilty at, you know, you get up like this morning, I got up at six o'clock. I had some quiet time, did some reading, did my normal post in the morning and then it's boom, it's time to get the kids up. It's time to get kids to school. It's then time for me to get to the office, get to work. So sometimes though at night, by the time it gets to be bedtime, I like what I jokingly call Brett time, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. finally asleep and it's my time. And I find myself, I had to force myself to go to bed. Like last night, I forced myself to go to bed by 11, 11, 15. So how do we get better at that when our days yeah. are full? Yeah. I mean, again, so you're talking about sleep right now and, and how do you prioritize sleep? And that's the number one uh, strategy we talk about when people are looking for sleep is you got to prioritize it. Now, here's the challenge. We have more of this thing called blue light. That's the artificial light in our day, our screens, uh, LED lights. If you look at a, a an image from space, our whole world is lit up at night when it's supposed to be dark. And so that's one of the challenges. We're on our phones, we're on our tablets, watching screens, and it prevents us or delays us from wanting to fall asleep. It, so it, it stops uh, the stimulation of melatonin, which puts you to sleep. And so when you do that, it delays it. So I, I actually did a little research before I came on just so I had my stats. And here's something interesting. If you're on your tablet, you're going to delay your sleep from about nine, for about 96 minutes. So let's just say you're reading or you're browsing and you're on the couch, whatever you're doing, it's going to delay you from wanting to fall asleep about by 96 minutes. I don't disagree with that. That's part of the challenge is that we're so exposed and stimulated in our environment that we're sleeping, we're falling asleep later, but we got to get up earlier. And that leads to this less than seven hours a night. So first strategy is you got to prioritize sleep. And so for many people, 
that's giving yourself 30 minutes to an hour of unwinding. Maybe it's that Brett time, but it's not in front of the stimulated or being stimulated by the technology and the, the tablets. Thanks for listening to the Circuit of Success. I am your host, Brett Gilliland. Every single week we get to come to you, and it's just our honor to get to bring you great guests, uh, great information to help you live the best life that you possibly want to live. Whatever it may be, if you want to live the dream or work the dream, whatever it may be, we're just thankful that you tune in every single week on the Big 550 KTRS. Welcome back to the Circuit of Success. I'm Brett Gilliland, your host. Let's dive back into this week's guest. So then we talk about eating. Why is that important and how do I get better than going to the uh, you know, the Mexican joint today and having <laughs> some chicken fajitas and a handful of chips and salsa? I did yeah. have water, by the way, not soda, so that was good. Yeah, you know, when I'm traveling, it's, it's funny. I, I have really good discipline of I pick the food I'm going to eat for the performance that I want. So what I mean by that is I am thinking about the future outcome of what I'm going to feel like after eating when I'm on the road traveling, speaking, and I have to perform. I think for many of us, we don't think about the future outcome. We think about our temptation of taste. What sounds the best? What do I really want to eat right now? You know, that's usually going to be a cheeseburger or fajitas with cheese or a tacos. All those things sound really good. But if you're really trying to make some conscious effort around how do I fuel my body, we got to think about the outcome versus how we feel at the time. Because if you go hungry to a restaurant or to a grocery store, you're going to make some poor poor choices. So, you know, it comes down to this question that I get all the time. What are people starving for or lacking in their life? What is the number one answer? What do people want more of? Uh, I would say time, but they want energy. Yeah, time. More everybody wants more time. My argument is that it really time without the proper energy is 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 not very is not what you're looking for. What we're everyone's kind of looking for. Right? Yeah, we're looking for more energy, more sustained energy, and that's what food is. And so if we really make it simple, how do we get energy? It's from food. And so when we're going to make choices or if we're looking for more energy, we really want to fuel our body with good f- good food. Now, I'm a human being. I have this guy's golf trip this weekend. I'm not going to put the best food in my body this weekend because <laughs> I'm not worried about that at the time. Right. That's called the 80-20 rule, having that balance, having that sustainability. But your question to me is, how do we fuel the body? If we can think about you know this balance of 80-20, 80 good, 20 don't worry about it as much. But throughout the week, maybe you know you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is important. Thursday, you can kind of slack. And then Friday, try to finish the week. You think of those days of days that I'm going to go out for lunch and I'm going to fuel my body. And then on Thursday, I'm going to go have something that I really, really am uh, you know, looking forward to, want to eat. That's what we have to change our mindset on because I want people to enjoy food, but I also want them to realize it, it, it's what gives us energy. And if we're not putting the right fuel in, it's going to neglect us from what I think is our most precious commodity, which is energy. So I want to dive back into this lunch again, because maybe people deal with the same thing I deal with. So, I, you know, I could have gone to like one restaurant and got my favorite wings. Uh, <laughs> nope, not doing that because I want to eat better. So I get the grilled chicken, put some salsa on there, put some guac, quite a bit of guac on there and some beans on there. Right. So when you hear that, like for me, I sell myself on that. That's a good choice, right? That's a good meal versus getting the burger or the wings or the whatever. So walk us through what Matt Johnson does. 
One, that's a great choice. And right. that's that's really the message. Now I'm feeling it, better. Yeah, it's small upgrades. I don't care if you're at a gas station or the nicest restaurant in town. There's always going to be better choices and choices that we know are going to not make us feel as good. And sometimes we want to indulge in those things. But I, you know, when I was in college, I traveled, uh, played college golf and we would travel all over. And it was a choice. You know, I'd stop at a gas station, or we'd stop at Subway or a restaurant and there's always a better option. And so that's what you did at this Mexican uh, restaurant is you made a better option. I mean, a chicken with guac and a salsa and all these things, these are great. Where we start to get into where it's not as good is when you're adding a bunch of cheese, maybe the sour cream, maybe you're having too many uh, chips. So that's where you can kind of have some give and take. I don't care where you go. You can always make a better choice or make an upgrade as we call it. I like it. Yeah, I had your dad on a few months ago, and he talked about even like the PBJ sandwich, right? Get get better bread, better jelly, better peanut butter. Whatever you're consuming the most of or want to consume, how can you make it a little bit better? Yep. You know, what are the better ingredients, um, less processed? We call it the source. The closer you go to the source, the better it is. Like an avocado, there's nothing better than an avocado. You know, you put a bunch of stuff in that, and then you start adding maybe some sour cream and ranch dressing, and then, then we're moving farther away from the source. That's right. So we, we did our resting, we got eating, and now we got to move. And, and I get it, make the comment too. I like the fact that you call it moving versus exercise. Nobody wants to exercise, right? Nobody. We want to move. I want to go golfing. I want to play basketball. I want to do something fun. Uh, and that's what the movement's about. So talk to us about movement. Yeah, daily movement. I mean, if 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 we want the best medication on the planet, it's daily movement, but only you know, 15, 20% of our society is moving regularly on a, on a daily basis. And that's how we want you to think about it. It's, we call it the new movement mindset. If you can move your body daily, that's going to have that compound interest. I mean, that's what you do for a living. You help people invest their financial resources, this compound interest. Same thing with daily movement. It's not about doing five hours of intense exercise. It's how do you get 15, 20, 30 minutes a day of daily movement, walk into the car, playing a game of golf, basketball, maybe you're going to the gym and doing structured exercise, but thinking, how am I going to move the body daily? I tell a story in my book about the pier stocking sand dune up in Traverse City. Mm-hmm. And if if everybody that was capable, you know, 2% of the the world, you know, was, was dealt a bad hand and can't do it, but 98%, if they would be able to go up and down the pier stocking sand dune one time a year, a lot of our medical expenditures, surgeries would be avoided. But we don't have this movement mindset, so we end up not moving, and then eventually we continually lose our ability to move. So share with us, if you would, Matt, like what's a typical day look like for you from from like when you get up, you know, how many hours of sleep did you have to what you're eating sure. to what your movement's like? What's it look like in a typical day? Well, well first, I think everyone has the assumption that we're perfect. My father, he turned 61 in November. You know, he's a He's a physical specimen, but he's not perfect. I'm not perfect. My twin sister who's in the business, she's not perfect. But we try to really build these habits. First thing for me is I need eight hours of sleep. You know, that's a requirement for me to perform at my best, to feel my best. So I'm going to bed usually around uh, 10 p.m., waking up around 6, somewhere in that range, getting that eight hours of sleep. First thing in the morning, I'm doing what we call superfoods. One of my favorite superfoods is uh, frozen wheatgrass. So I'm doing that first thing in the morning. I make oatmeal on the run, which is a concoction of rolled oats, uh, almond milk, raisins, 
and it's ready to go in the morning. So I'm doing that right in the in the morning. Five days a week on average, depending if I'm traveling or not, I'll go to the gym, uh, 45 minute uh, exercise, you know, take a shower and then I'm off to work and, uh, you know, getting through the day. Uh, get, get what home. do you use for that? If I can interrupt real quick, because you know, yeah. that's one thing I struggle with. It's like a, whether I go to the gym at my house or the gym at wherever, right up the road. I, it's like I go in there. I'm like, hell, I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think, you know, that's what I do for a living. So obviously sometimes I take it for granted of, I know what to do. I know how to do it, but I s- always need something to uh, keep me focused. And that's where I think some people get sidetracked is they start something, maybe they're doing it for 90 days or 20 days or whatever the amount of time. And then they kind of get complacent or sidetracked and and then they don't know what to do. I think you have to have a purpose. You have to have a plan. Um, I think a lot of people waste a lot of time doing some of these types of exercise or structured exercise. And then people think it takes too much time. So they do nothing. Uh, 45 minutes for me is a, a typical, really efficient exercise. I start with some warm up, warm the body up. You know, we're, we usually go from sedentary. For me, it was sleep to exercise. So I need to warm the body up. Uh, I'll do 10, 15 minutes of what I call high intensity cardio. So I'll, whether it be running or sprints or Stairmaster, um, elliptical, something like that to get my cardio. And then I'll end with, you know, 25, 30 minutes of some strength training and uh, a cool down. And it's very efficient, 45 minutes. And I think a lot of people have 45 minutes, five days a week. And if you don't, you know, do you have 20 minutes twice a week? Right. But you can make exercise very efficient. Now I'm constantly trying to move my body. You know, I'm getting up from my seat at work and, you know, some of you have a stand-up desk and I make the joke that standing is not the new walking. I think we're, we've been convinced right. that if we have a stand-up desk, that's movement and it's not. So I'm trying to always move the body on a daily basis uh, to, to, you know, it's that energy thing. It's to to flush the mind. You know, we talk about these micro breaks and this is something interesting. You know, the way we're working is not really keeping up with you know, how we have evolved as a society and we just go, 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 meeting, meeting, meeting. But if we think of the top performers in the world, they all understand micro breaks. It's small periods of breaks throughout the day or throughout whatever activity you're doing to perform at your best that allows you to have higher peaks and lower valleys. So for me, I'm trying to take three to four micro breaks a day where I'm not on my phone, I'm not working, allowing the mind and body to rest. And then I get back at it. I like it. So I'm going to talk about accountability but before we go there. I'm going to show you, share with the, our listeners and with you something and we can pick it apart if we want to, but I'm a guy. So thankfully I'm, I'm thin. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very active again, chasing four kids and my wife and I are active, whether it's walking or, you know, we get our steps in every day. Right. And so, sure. but I needed something that's going to like shock the system, uh, that I know is going to hold me accountable. And so I sent a text out yesterday. I'm, I'm at home, I'm in my gym and I'm sitting here. I'm like, I, I got to do this more often. Right. Feeling good. Uh, so I said, I sent a text to everybody that's in the local office that I physically work in. We have multiple offices, but this one I physically work in. And I said, hey, who's in? I'm going to throw $1,000 in the pot if I don't do 30 minutes of workout for 30 straight days. Basically, who's in, right? And for me, it, it could have been 10000 It could have been $100,000. The point is, I'm not going to do it, right? I'm not going to pay that price because for me, that accountability is enough that I don't want to look people in the eyeballs at, at the office and know that I failed. Right. Sure. So when you hear that, what, what, what comes to mind? What are your thoughts? 
I, I think it's funny what, what drives us sometimes. I think that external motivation sometimes is what keeps us going and we need some external motivation, but the true driver is internal motivation. And it's, it is funny. I mean, the thousand dollars to you really doesn't hurt that much other than it hurts. You know, right. you don't want to pay, right. you don't want to go, you don't want someone else to collect it. And so it was going to drive you for 30 days, a short period. You know, the, the difference though is, you know, if you were really, if you wanted to do 30 days, a more powerful driver is to really think, okay, what's this going to do for me? And what's it going to do for me long-term? But that's hard. It's like telling someone to invest, you know, $100 for the next year versus $1,000 at the same time. Everyone wants to do it quick and easy and and fast. And so, I think it's it's amazing how the mind works. And this is a great example to keep you focused for 30 days. But after 30 days, then the question is, now what? And so that's what right. that's the real challenge is what can we do after the what we call that external motivation wears off? It's like a shower. You're going to need more motivation. And the most powerful is our internal drive. But sometimes it takes a little bit of energy and effort to to find what that purpose is. And that's why these little competitions or contests that we we do with ourselves can be very good at making a spark. But then along that way, while we have that spark, we really have to tap into that internal drive so we can leverage yeah. what we've started. That's like, you know, everyone wants to do at the end of the year or the beginning of the year. Oh, yeah. These cleanses, these, these, but they fizzle off after two, three months because we didn't tap into that internal, um, more powerful motivator. Yeah, it's kind of like the, uh, the gym I can see across the interstate from my office, you know, on January 12th, it's, you know, Packed by February first, it's like the parking lot's <laughs> empty again, right? Well, again, it, it, motivation is a crazy thing. Um, we have a lot of excuses. We we create a lot of things that aren't really there. But at the end of the day, it's how do we create these habits? Because if they become rituals, it really takes no energy. And I don't know if my father talked about energy activation, but energy activation is super powerful. The more energy it takes to do something, the less likely we are to do it. Hmm. And so if we can create a ritual of exercise, for me, it's such a ritual. It's really not that much energy. I, I was on vacation uh, in Canada last week, and it's just such a ritual. It doesn't take any effort to plan it, to know what to do, but that takes time. And that's why sometimes these, these short contests are great. But along the way, you better be building habits or else it's really uh, going to be tough to sustain it long term. Yeah, and, that's, that, and that's what you're saying is, you know, you haven't created maybe that habit of what to do yet to make it a little less energy. This is Brett Gilliland with Circuit of Success. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Circuit of Success. I'm Brett Gilliland, your host. Let's dive back into this week's guest. So when you think of, uh, or actually you hear a lot of this now, the big craze, right, is everyone wants to achieve more with less. <laughs> yes. So talk to us about that. I almost well, like get tired of hearing it, right? But it's so true, but so many people want to do it. Well, the, here's the truth. We're doing less with more. Yep. And that's that, that I think hurts people. You know, when I speak, I say that. And sometimes I see people in people's eyes, they, they, they're hurt because they're thinking they're working hard You know, I'm working right. hard. I, you know, I, I'm busy. I, I don't have any more time. And the reality is we have so many more bells and whistles and technology and resources, and we should be so much more efficient than we are. 
But the research is telling us that our efficiency, productivity has flatlined the last 20 years. And that's the graph in our book about capacity. For the first time, technology is outpacing humans from a capacity standpoint. Yeah, yeah we have way we gotta, more at our fingertips than we're We doing have way it. more at our fingertips. And so uh, everything that we've created technology, software related, was to make it our lives more efficient. And I would kind of argue we haven't actually caught up to how to use those tools the right way. You know, you talk about the addiction of social media or, or electronics or technology in general. Um, we're not using those tools how they were originally intended. And that's what causes us to feel like we're doing more with less, yep. but we're actually doing less with more. And every organization thinks they're trying to do less with more, but they have to realize the key is how do you actually do more with more? Because we have more right at our fingertips. That's right. So let's talk about you for personally in your business life or just life in general. What, what have you learned about failure? <laughs> Again, I, I opened up with uh, my story of failure, and I, I had an opportunity to give a 15-minute talk to my past school, the 500 student-athletes. And I just said, you know, I failed many, many times. And when I was in their shoes, I thought failure was the worst thing possible. I think anybody that's, you know, driven internally, you know, just wants to be successful, whether it's in business or ha hobbies or passion or family – they think the opposite of success is failure. What I learned along the way is actually failure, accepting it, allows you to hit that, that peak opportunity of success. Yep. And so for me, I uh, lost my golf game early in college. You know, that was a huge failure. I did crummy in school. Uh, got a, six, or a 16 the first time I took the ACT, 18 the second time. I mean, that's extremely right. low. But along the way, what I learned is I have control. See, for a long time, I thought all those failures were somebody else's fault or didn't matter or I needed someone else to help me. Defined who but you were probably. Defined who I was. But in reality, it, it was me learning that I have complete control over whatever I want. And I think in our world where we're always blaming or comparing ourselves to others, when we can tap into that internal voice and say, Hey, I, you know, I failed there. I got to do better. It's, you know, taking the blame of, Hey, maybe it is not necessarily your fault, but you have control over changing the outcome the next time. That's so comforting once you learn that. And that's what failures taught me is we have so much more control as humans than we think. Um, that when you allow yourself to think that way, it makes it actually easier. Yeah, I think what you're saying right here is my, my next question for you is going to be about, you know, the, 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 the one thing to your core that I couldn't shake from you, right? And so mine would be choice. Choices, I should say, because I, I, I know every day I get to wake up and I get to choose my attitude. Mm -hmm. I get to go choose my action. I get to choose my belief system that makes me successful, right? Those are the circuits of success that that results is actually a choice as well. So a lot of people say, well, I c you can't choose your results. And I actually disagree because I think if you choose the attitude, you choose your belief system, you choose the action that you take every single day, you're choosing the result. Well, it, you know, choice is a great word because you do have choices. Now, you may not be able to control the outcome, but if you do choose those things that you know lead to success, 
99% of the time it'll be right. successful. And that's, and that's what you're doing is you're controlling what you can control. And then at the end, it works out how it was meant to work out versus saying, I want this outcome, but I'm not going to change any of the mindset in between. Then you're going to, you know, probably get the limited outcome. So what does Matt Johnson do to stay a student of the game? Because obviously you're not just, you know, you just don't wake up and you remember everything, but what are you doing to stay on top of your game? Yeah, just work, but just life. I mean, what do you, what are you doing to stay on top? Obviously, you got the eating, the uh, the resting, the moving. I did it in wrong order again. Rest, eat, move. Uh, REM. I'll remember that. R E M. REM. REM. There you go. That's it. Um, uh, so, what are you doing? You know, I I think reading is for me the the best added value for a couple reasons. It allows my mind to work in a way that it usually isn't working. So, when you have to read, you slow down. You have to comprehend. There's no distractions. Obviously, I'm reading on my computer and my phone, but it's just a distracted type of learning. So reading a book to me is the best way to kind of push myself. Um, I listen to a ton of podcasts. I think audio is a very compelling way to, to get this information. And then I'm constantly trying to look at new experiences, whether it's a restaurant or a business, and just look around and say, what do I like? What don't I like? How's the service? How's the experience? How's the smell? Those are the things that I'm constantly trying to do to push myself and our business to be, you know, more successful and and delivering a better output. So you talked about you have a couple kiddos, um, married, all those things. What what does Matt Johnson want to be known for, though? Hmm. Um, you know. We have this this golf outing this weekend. It's called the Grinder Cup, and for many many years, uh, my friends would call me, you know, the Grinder. And that's Hint not necessarily Instagram I, name or whatever it is. Right? Yeah, that's not really that's not really why or what I want to be known for. But I do want to be known for somebody that um, you know pushed himself and pushed his friends and pushed people he worked with in a way that wasn't off putting. So if you ever come across me or you're listening to me right now, I think I have the ability to get people outside their comfort zone without them feeling uncomfortable. And that's, I think, a a skill that I've had to learn because um, I think I was very limited in my my skill set and I had to learn to how to push myself to expand that. So I think for me is just to be known for helping people push them to places they never thought was possible. That's great. That's a big deal. So uh, besides, of course, your own books, uh, best book you've ever read? Wow. Um, it's like, it's like, what book am I reading right now? Right. You know, that's the funny part about books is like, you remember what you're reading right now. You know, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Um, the one thing is a fascinating oh, yeah. book to me because of the simplicity of it. Gary Keller. Yep. Um, but, you know, I read a lot of books on business. I'm not a huge biography person because I don't necessarily care what other people did. I want to learn about more of organizational psychology and, and that kind of stuff. Yep. But, um, yeah, the one thing is a great business book. Um, if you, gosh, I'm reading a book read, on sleep right now. If you haven't read uh, Essentialism by Greg McKeon, put that on your uh, – put down the list. If you like the one I've, thing – Yep. Essentialism. Um, very familiar with that concept. Um, I'm looking at the bookshelf here trying to 
You know, um, living with a uh, Navy SEALs oh, is yeah. great by Jesse Eitzler. There's just, there's so many good books and you'll never be able to read them all. I think what really I, I learned this from my father. I hate reading <laughs> and I hated reading, but I learned to love it. Yep. And I, I don't love reading. I love the, um, what it does for me in the long run. Yeah. And I, it takes a while to understand that because sitting down and reading in today's world where there's entertainment galore and instant gratification, um, it takes effort. But um, long term, I think that I still think that's the best way to learn because it allows us to slow down. I like it. So where can our listeners find more of Matt Johnson? Where you at? Uh, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, but go to our website. I think it's still our best way to learn, by the way, www.ontargetliving.com. And, uh, one of the things that I'll just share with the listeners, I think is rare in today's world, but if you have any questions, if you want access to us, you'll find it, give us a call, shoot us an email. I don't care if you've never met us before. Um, I think that's something that really matters to us because that's how we can truly help. I'll put the plug in for you. I mean, the amount of free content that you have on there, I mean, between you, yeah, your you sister, no, that. it's, it's, it's off the charts. And, and uh, I still got to try the wheatgrass. Dang it. I got to order the wheatgrass. I've been on there and I needed to just order it. I need to do that. The, the wheatgrass to me is the number one superfood. It's the most expensive, but uh, to me, it's the one that I uh, won't go without. And speaking of that, I just got my new shipment in. So, <laughs> so you can get rid of the shakes time. now, right? You can, yeah, all right. I'm good. I'm good to you're go. Good. Well, Matt, man, it's been awesome having you on the show. Uh, great having you on the circuit of success and I wish you nothing but the best in the future, my man. Thanks, Brett. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the circuit of success. I am your host, Brett Gilliland. And each and every single week, we're going to bring you a great guest, whether that's a, a business leader, a professional sports star, an author, whatever it is, we're going to bring you as much as we possibly can to help you live your best life. We get to dive into the roads that these people travel, the uh, the successes, the struggles, the fears that they've put in their own minds, and do what they've done to become successful. And so we look forward to bringing that to you every single week. If you want more on our firm, Visionary Wealth Advisors, check us out online at visionarywealthadvisors.com. You can also find the show's website at circuitofsuccess.com. We'll be back next week with another great guest on the Circuit of Success. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 